0: Any good stories from the road? It'd pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was gonna
1: die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. that poison proof. They're Mangeet. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey, y'all. Look who we have here. Jake Crow. I'm Wes Blankenship. Palmer Toms is uh, in a hotel room somewhere. We're live in our media workroom. Going to apologize in advance to everyone else sitting in here. Y'all can say, hey, if you want, you can wave back there. It's kind of like college game day, but with just with a bunch of reporters who are mad at us. Uh, guys, it's, it's finally like the eve-eve of this game. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to see some ball.
0: Yeah, I think we all are. And uh, you know, it's it's it feels like it's been such a long week already. It felt like it was such a long month uh in the lead up and you know, so much has been said. Had media day today. Gosh, I mean I, drinking from a fire hose, dude. I had talking to guys you haven't talked to in years or ever. Uh, you know, Brian McClendon, um, you know, I, I've never had a chance to really talk to A. D. Mitchell. And, you know, Palmer and I were getting a laugh out of how we talked to ad and we felt like we had actually gotten some good stuff and then you look through it and <laughs> he didn't say anything he's just kind of a he's he just, just kind of a fun kid yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, my, uh, you know, met a lot of cool guys today got to talk to a lot of cool people i can hear paul really um, which was my a lot favorite,
2: of fun. my favorite quote from ad today was i asked him about you know hey stetson said that you two need to get back on the same page you know what what does that mean to you and he goes like bread and butter
1: Bread and butter—that's their new combo. We've had yeah. thunder and lightning yeah. in Georgia's backfield for a few years, and now we got Ad Mitchell and Stetson Bennett. We've also got a
0: Christmas miracle here on the uh, on the podcast or on the uh, live show here because uh, we were initially Wes couldn't hear Palmer, and now he can. So yeah.
2: uh, we have. Uh, Maybe that was for the eyes have been opened for me.
1: You just weren't holding your tongue right. Yeah. Uh, uh, invite y'all to hit subscribe on this YouTube channel if you don't. Let's already. Hear
2: y'all. Let's hear y'all in the comments section.
1: That's right. Well, yeah. I've got the settings where you got to be a subscriber to comment. I don't know what's going on. I think I think Dean Leggy's back here interfering with our SEO. Palmer, we got a uh, we got to look at practice today. By the way, I'm going to pull this up. Um, in all of the years of Kirby Smart showing us a glimpse of practice before a big game, I think today takes the cake. That's yeah. your quarterback.
2: I, uh, I, uh, you know, you, you said you were ready to see some football, and I was too. I mean, we walked into practice for the second day in a row that we've had practice viewing availability, um, you know, first time since, since September, you know, and, and maybe even August. Um, I can't quite remember when it was, but it was definitely early, early in the season. And, um, you know, yesterday we went in, and they were in pads. They were playing football. Uh, but it was more. It was more drill work. Um, you know, they were doing circuit drills. Um, you know, uh, Jake and I were were talking about the um, you know the the circle drill, the ring drill. Um, you know how difficult that one is, and, and how that makes you feel, how unathletic you feel doing it. Uh, you know, and how athletic these guys looked doing it. Um, you know, th- these incredible athletes. And so we actually saw. You know, yesterday didn't feel like it was a ton, but compared to what we saw today, uh, at least they were wearing pads and, and not doing yoga. Um, was was funny to see this team though doing doing yoga. Um, you know, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the perception is oh these big macho men um, and, and doing yoga is not exactly what you would expect.
1: No, I mean they do it though. I mean they got to yeah. they got to stay limber, but when you're going on a shuttle from the hotel to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I don't know if you're expecting to see more, but uh you might you might want to see a little bit more or a little bit less of what Stetson <laughs> Bennett's doing right there.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's a great photo capture right there too. And, Palmer but,
1: Toms, by the way,
0: took yeah, that took that picture. PT, the uh the, the pro. I mean, he's he's a jack of all trades and master of them too. He uh, Palmer brought that ring drill up, and and if you watched any of our video from yesterday, you, you probably saw what we're talking about. It's basically where you just kind of try to dip and run as run as fast as you can around these rings. And uh, uh, at five, nine, 200 pounds in high school, two ten maybe, uh, I made it look a lot harder than Nazir Stackhouse did. <laughs> At you know, 6'3, 340, 330. So it was uh it was pretty, you know, that, that there's nothing in this world that made me feel more unathletic and, and like yeah. I may need to be in the marching
1: band. I got tired of watching those guys. Yeah, I did too. And Keely Ringo was going with the <clears throat> D lineman. That's part of what you saw yesterday. Was Kirby kind of mash up? Yeah, mashed everything up. And I kind of did a double take. I was like, is there a D lineman with the number five? Is that a linebacker? It mm-hmm. makes you realize how big Keely Ringo is um guys i think we can just go around the horn here a little bit what what was your main takeaway from media day today it can be filled with cliches and you know all the expected answers that you think you're going to hear but i think we got some access from some georgia players today that we normally don't and i'm curious to hear other than your bread and butter uh golden quote from ad mitchell palmer uh what stood out to you today
2: yeah. Um, you know, I, I, actually just posted this on the board, just posted this story to the site. So encourage you to go check it out. Um, because it was a fun one to, to, to write. And, and that's because he was a fun guy to talk to. And that was Nolan Smith. Um, you know, it, we, I feel like we've missed his presence a little bit, but we see him on the sidelines. Uh, you know, we've heard about him still being involved in practice and such. And, um, it was good to, you know, kind of, reconnect there with nolan it felt like um you know hearing from him hearing how he's tried to stay involved um you know despite the injury um you know and he is being um you know i i wrote this in the lead um he he's he had solidified status as a damn good dog already uh but certainly has done nothing to change that by the way that he has responded to um you know being banged up being away from the team Um, And and yeah, I mean, you can see him there. Uh, You know, it was funny, just just kind of a full circle moment on the season. Um, You know, obviously, Nolan would have loved to be a a contributor in this game, but it's come full circle where, um, you know, Wes, we were on that same field earlier this year talking to Nolan and and Nolan got in there with Stetson as well, was asking a question like he was a reporter, Uh, did a little bit of that today with Cedric, as you can see.
1: Yeah, we we missed a couple opportunities today. I didn't share my camera with like one of Georgia's players or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but Kenny uh,
2: McIntosh, the uh, the the master of of taking the camera and running around and getting footage for other people. He's like
1: a
0: yeah, he's like a cinematographer. He, yeah, I wonder what the next thing is going to be though, because th- this one that one's almost gotten cliche and it's still fun. I, I don't want to say it's not fun, but it's almost gotten. You know, a little bit cliche, but I'll tell you, um, I don't know. We didn't really pay close attention to Ohio State's, uh, but if it's anything like the press conferences were in terms of the seriousness, um, yeah, I, I don't think you saw that much at, uh, with the Ohio State. Maybe, I think Kirk Herbstreet's son at one point, Palmer, right? Wasn't he walking around with a camera?
2: Yeah. Uh, um,
0: his uh, his son who is a walk-on there?
2: Yeah, his son is a, is a walk-on tight end, second-year tight end. Um I don't think – so I, I looked further into it because we were talking about that. He and one of his, his roommate, um, an offensive lineman, uh, Zach is his name. Zach Herbstreit and his roommate um, have a podcast. Um, so they're our competition guys. Maybe we shouldn't talk about them. Um, yeah, but they, they have a podcast. So they got out and, and were asking some questions. Uh, but it, I don't think it was him that was walking around with the camera um, if I could be wrong, but it looked like it was um, um, the safety, uh, Latham. Okay. okay.
1: Well, those guys, I mean, they had a, they've had they had a pretty interesting week, as all the Georgia fans know, with some comments. When I listen to them, maybe I'm just that objective and neutral. I didn't necessarily hear bulletin board material from Eichenberg and those dudes yesterday. Um, no, but it's
0: a different tone, I feel like. I mean, it's so – that's that's probably my main takeaway. You know, it's just, you know you were talking about going around the horn here and talking about that. That's what I was going to get to. Was, um, listen, I I don't think it's going to you know have any sort of effect on the game. I just think it kind of tells you where these two teams are mentally. You know, Ohio State's angry. Ohio State's desperate in some ways. It's 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 uh, it's a very serious football team. Um, and and you know I, I can imagine they would be. Uh, because of, you know, kind of that whole month off. I mean, Georgia did this same thing in, a se- in essence last year. Whereas, you know, I feel like Georgia, with, for better or for worse, depends on what happens. Uh, Georgia is more of a loose football team, and and they're having a little fun with this. And um, we'll see which one is better and which one leads to better execution. But just there seems to be just kind of a very different tone in um, talking to the two different – I mean, even Todd Munkin. I mean, Todd Munkin had us in stitches yesterday, and we just, we hadn't <laughs> had a chance to talk about that yet either, which is outrageous. Uh, Todd Munkin was incredible. So, uh, you know, I, I just think there's a very different tone when you look at
1: and talk to these teams. There's some guys when you get to hear them on these availabilities where we don't normally get to hear from guys, you kind of understand, all right, maybe this is why we don't hear from this dude all the time. He talks way too much but I think Kirby might like it if Todd Munkin spoke more <laughs> because he'd take some pressure off of, off of him with his availabilities with us and we would be entertained and, and satisfied. Um, so I think my highlight today, guys, is a little piece I put together. Uh, I was driving in from Athens and I was thinking, you know, what's the, what's the question of the day? What are these guys, uh, what's the curveball going to be? And sometimes simpler is better. And so, I don't know what a Buckeye is. And I decided to ask Georgia's players when I was walking around, asking them real journalistic questions, of course. Uh, I decided to ask them what a Buckeye is. Is a Buckeye. Buckeye. Do you know what it, like everyone knows what a Bulldog is, but what is a, a Buckeye?
2: Um, I believe it's like some part of a tree, something
1: like that. I feel like only a Buckeye can answer that question. It's a nut off a tree. What's that? All right. What, what? It's a nut off a tree. A I nut? looked it up. What is a it? buckeye? Do you know what a buckeye is? Do I know what a buckeye yeah. is? No, no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. We I, I put the full video up uh, on our channel as well. If you want to hey, watch have, this when we're done here,
2: Wes, have you done any scientific research? I mean, obviously, you know, Georgia football players. That's that's their biggest priority: figuring out what a buckeye is this week.
1: Well, Broderick Jones wanted to look it up. They're poisonous. They are. You and not. I
2: knew it was a nut, but you asked – I think you asked Cedric this, and, and I asked you because I was watching Cedric's video, and what does it grow? A tree. A buckeye tree? I mean, yeah. is, is, is a you buckeye tree a thing? They
1: just call it a buckeye tree. I think,
0: I, honestly, when I looked it up earlier this week – uh, cause I was just trying to find a different, maybe, We're all curious you know, I, I looked it up mainly just cause I was just trying to find like, okay, what's another clever way I can refer to Ohio state. <laughs> and, uh, when I looked it up, it was, it's taught a lot less about a nut, more about a tree, which I thought was pretty interesting. Mm.
2: Yeah, and, guess, and, and so that explains the, the leaves that they put on their helmets, the Buckeyes.
1: <clears throat> Alleged, yes. allegedly so. One, one would think
2: somewhat explains.
0: Yeah, so that's it. I mean, I I tell you what, though, from that video, I think it needs to be said. Broderick Jones, uh, stock up. Are we doing stock up? (laughs) Uh, You know how I'm always messed up on this stock up Um, on Broderick Jones personality because it has really come out this week.
2: Today we're uh, chopping wood, but give us your stocks anytime,
0: Jim. Yeah, my stock up, Broderick Jones personality got one big one. Uh, We got a story up, and UGA posted it on their football account where he and Brock Bowers had themselves a little competition, always competing. Uh, on the pool table and uh you know it's worth watching it's pretty
1: pretty entertaining yeah there's a ton of stuff and you mentioned it was like drinking from a fire hose it's like uploading an entire fire hose Mm -hmm. on our youtube channel because we got stuff from ohio state players and their coaches too uh from throughout the week not just today uh where you really get to hear from guys that we don't hear from a ton we hear from broderick a a good bit but i don't know if it was the change of scenery or press conference availability but he was really funny and things i think like maybe the three funniest players on the team might be Broderick, smile munden's pretty funny without trying to be funny um i wouldn't say that to his face i don't think and uh <laughs> stetson's pretty funny yeah the the, the music thing that i uh, got put out by SEC
0: network was really good uh where they keely ringo said that he has the worst uh the worst music, music taste. taste on the team and he said do you agree with him stetson this was so incredulous. It was so funny.
1: Yeah, you got to have more support for your quarterback than that. Uh, we are supported by the fine folks at Breaking T. A lot of Stetson apparel, as you can imagine. He's kind of been the guy of the year around this team, and uh, he's got at least one more game to show that. So support him and uh, some of the NIL initiatives that Breaking T set up for some of these players, with Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington and Christopher Smith, we heard from all those guys as well today. Um, and they had a lot of great insight that we hear from uh, those dudes week in and week out. Darnell, we don't hear from as much. But I was fascinated with uh, the report that he's built with with Stetson and everything he's learned from Todd Munkin and Todd Hartley, the Todd, Todd, Todd guys. He's learned a ton from the Todds. Yeah, and, and it's
0: – you know <laughs> – I've, I don't think I've ever been around him when he wasn't wearing shoulder pads. And I think he, he wasn't wearing
1: shoulder pads today? Yeah,
0: he wasn't. that oh, that. was that, That's how big he is. Oh, God, it's it's but, incredible. Hey, I mean, it's a he, big football team in general. It's striking how big this football team is.
2: Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't wearing shoulder pads while they were doing yoga at our practice availability.
1: <laughs> Nobody was. How mad was everybody on the bus?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, can, you, you come to expect these things a little bit with Kirby. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and Jake, I mean, you put it on the board. You know, if they lose, that's that's the kind of thing that people will point to and be like, "Hey, that's on. the kind of
0: stuff you get mocked for." Yeah,
2: Yeah. that's you what know,
0: we'll to, point to anyway. Take, I don't take know it seriously. I mean, I don't know if I will. I mean, I'm I'm not going to be petty about it, but there's some that are. You know, some some are going to enjoy that opportunity. I mean, it's you know, you're they don't know us anything, but. Um,
2: and and you can't really, you know, fault them because what they've done has worked.
0: Yeah. You just also don't have to do this dog and pony show thing. You yeah. know, I mean, you don't you don't have to and and you know the the comments about getting out of practice again, it's it's yeah. not a big deal one way or the other. It's not um going to it's not gotten upset us or anything like that, but you know, it it it's something that doesn't really make sense. There's no real upside. And at the end of the day, it's just going to – at the end of the day, it just maybe brings you, you know, another shovel full or two of of scrutiny um, if if things don't go like, you know, you
1: plan for them to go. Um, Lee Johnson commenting in here, though, that with Ohio State getting so much love from the media this week, Lee feels like the dogs might be undervalued a bit. I don't know if – I don't know if Georgia necessarily is undervalued – Um, I think Ohio State just has the better story coming into this Mm -hmm. they've got you would think more motivation Georgia's players would disagree with that obviously we've talked about how much work went into uh, their prep for Michigan after losing to Alabama and how they got back to square one with their conditioning and how hard that was and we've heard Kiaris Jackson say that they've worked even harder this offseason than they did last year so Georgia's players internally certainly don't feel undervalued, but I see what you're seeing, what you're saying, Lee. Uh, uh, there's just not <laughs> there's not much to talk about other than the three of us on this call right now because it's our job to do that. But well, I mean, it,
0: it, here's the thing: if you were if you were just coming into this game and this was anybody other than Ohio State, and um, you know, you're sitting here trying to look at a team that that you know lost in not so exciting fashion uh, against Michigan the last time they were out and um, didn't look like it was going to be in the playoff, and things were kind of down. And uh, if you didn't look at the matchup or anything like that, you were thinking, "Well, this is you know one team is going to run over the other one." But then you think about how talented Ohio State is, how desperate Ohio State is, how angry it is, uh, and and wants to win the game just like Georgia did last year against Michigan. Um, I'm not saying I think it's going to turn Ohio State into a buzzsaw. Ohio State can beat Georgia though. And uh, I think that's something that everybody needs to kind of wrap their head around, and uh just understand that georgia has got to go play play good football. I think you hear a lot of fans just thinking well, if if the media isn't saying, "Oh, just roll their helmets out there and they got them then they're just then they're not on they're not on Georgia or they're not high on Georgia and I think most expect Ohio
1: State to come out and trade some punches and and fight with some pride because they will yeah, I know I do uh it I don't want to read too much into some of the stuff for Media Day this week. I did find that. Georgia does seem more secure in its identity of Georgia. Of this is how we play. Mm-hmm. We're accustomed to these games, and Ohio State maybe some of the comments I heard. I'm not saying they were bad. I'm just it was a contrast because Georgia wouldn't have said them. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily means anything about the game. But Ohio State still had to answer a lot of questions about Michigan, um, and you can tell that they almost seem more focused on the rematch with Michigan in certain spots than playing Georgia and I don't know if that's uh fair or not to say but that's what I picked up on listening to some of the sound bites
2: well and and it's interesting because again the dynamic of a a rematch with the one team you lost to was out there for Georgia last year and you know I I think that I I didn't feel like I, I think everyone knew that that was a possibility but And maybe it's not it's because it's not, you know, a historic rivalry. I mean, Georgia and Alabama have built up their rivalry um, over the last couple of years, but it's not nearly the college football established traditional rivalry like Ohio State, Michigan. And so, you know, the idea of maybe getting that one again in the national championship, maybe that one is that maybe that's why that's feels like it's lingering over this a lot more than, you know, what, Hey, the the potential rematch with Alabama, yada yada yada. Well, last year it felt like Georgia understood. Hey, we, we've got to we've got to take care of business.
1: An issue. <laughs> we're, not, we're not trying to go play Cincinnati. We didn't hear too much of that. Yeah. Um, the other element that that I'll say about that, just listening to sound bites this week, um, there was a lot of remember what happened the last time an underdog Ohio State team played an SEC mm-hmm. team. And, again, I'm not saying that that means Ohio State's going to lose, but I do think that it just kind of struck me because Georgia players would never say that. They'd never say anything about that. So it kind of points to me more to the the differences in styles of these two teams than anything. And it filters down from the head coach, from the way they prepare. I think you mentioned last time we talked, Jake, that Ohio State practices for Georgia basically the entire time. Yeah. Georgia gets back to the basics. They do the spring – practice drills for a couple weeks and then they install for Ohio State in a much shorter time span so the the, the differences are interesting and I can't wait to see yeah what that means on a football field
0: it's a fun matchup too I mean I, I think that's something that's also important everybody wants to talk about the matchup isn't oh well it's uh it's a bad matchup for Georgia again I think I think the 20-21 Buckeyes would be a much worse matchup, but I think this one is definitely the worst that there is in this top four for Georgia. I I, I don't know that it's as bad of a matchup as it would have been a year ago when you had Chris Olavia, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, but but you know those contrasting styles are, are are a big part of why I think it just adds to like the 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 how fun this matchup can be because you do have like kind of a physical. Um, You got a very physical, fast defense and you got an offense that has a strong identity, the ability to run, the ability to throw the football, a guy that's mobile, that loves to win from the pocket. He's a two time Heisman finalist. George has been up against, you know, two uh, top 10 quarterback uh, top 10 offenses this year Mm -hmm. in terms of yards per play. And it kind of dominated them both. It it, aver- it gave up ten points a game. It's played three in the top twenty. Ohio State hasn't played but one team all year. Their defense has only played one team in the top twenty. The matchups are just incredible, and and you just wonder like, who has the stronger weakness? You mm-hmm. know, is is that going to win the game here? Is is the stronger weakness going to win this game? And 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 sometimes I think it does in these big, big games. And and I think right now, if that were your on paper decider, you know, I, I think Georgia would have the edge there, but. I keep going back to that desperation, and and again, that too adds to this matchup. Is they're gonna play with their hair on fire, and you know that might mean some guys playing over their heads. It might mean some guys running wide open uh, somewhere mm-hmm. because there's some over aggression. Um, it's there's a lot that goes into this, and uh, I'm sure that uh, both of these staffs are are you know feeling pretty good right now that the hay's in the barn. They're just ready to go test it out.
1: All right, let's uh, chop some wood. Actually, before we chop some wood, I want to get to one thing that you picked up today, Jake, uh, from BMAC about uh, Georgia's transfer portal additions. I thought that was a pretty interesting angle from a guy that we don't normally get to talk to. Hit the jackpot.
0: He said that Georgia hit the jackpot with the uh, transfer portal uh, positions, especially his his area. Uh, I'd also like to give a little preview on some stuff we got coming on BMAC. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that he told, uh, he told me um, – Listen, you know, a lot of coaches when you get a new job, you got to go, you got to use the GPS to get to the Target or to get to Walmart. And he said, "I didn't need that. I needed the GPS to get around George's building uh, because that place has changed so much since he's been there." Uh, which I thought was hilarious. It was great to see him. I've known him for a long time, um, and uh, he he had some really cool stuff to say about those transfer portal receivers. Come come over and read it over at Dogs HQ. But I thought it was really interesting how excited he was about it because. Listen, the Georgia way is to be subdued and to act like you enjoy nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and Brian McClendon Other really yoga, right? And Brian <laughs> McClendon really sounded like he was fired up about the addition of Dominic Love and Ra Ra Thomas.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff, Jake. And uh, our premium membership right now, ten dollars um, until August of twenty three. Yeah, it's August thirty first, you get the whole month. It's running out pretty quick, though. You, you're you're running out of time to jump on that. So we encourage you to give Dogs HQ's premium uh, $10 deal a spin. How many more days you got of that? Two days? I think, right. And then I, aren't I think they flipping it just in the got, new year? Hint, yeah, yeah, hint. I, think hint.
2: We, I don't, I don't yeah. know if, if we're supposed to be saying that, but hint, hint. Sign uh, up now. We're saying
0: that. We're saying it that, now. That's, that's, saying that's sales 101. Uncle Glenn hardly knows about sales. We're Uncle Glenn, it's, it's sales 101.
1: You got to create a sense of urgency. Tell them. All right. Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's chop some wood, finally. Um Y'all can do whatever you want. I'm just going to chop wood about one position player, one guy specifically that I think needs to show up in this game, and we haven't talked about him very much on uh, this show this week. And we don't really talk about him a ton, but I'm talking about pop, pop wood, chop wood. Maybe let's not Family say ball. that. Let's not say that too loud. Uh, pop. Yes, pop. Dumas Johnson. We don't talk about him much, and he's admitted himself this year that he's had some issues with effort, um, finishing plays, and I don't know if that's a kind of a microcosm of Georgia playing down to some of its its teams has played down against. I want to see how this rest versus rust of a month off affects Jamal Dumas-Johnson because if Georgia's got him in some sort of spiral against C.J. Stroud or – trying to you know blow up the run game and blow up that offensive line, which I don't think has been tested, obviously, by a front seven like Georgia's yet. Michigan's is pretty good. Um, Jalen Carter and Georgia have other things to say. Uh, I, I want to see how Pop plays, and I want to see how this month of reflection has shown up in his approach to the game and approach to practice and uh, approach to the CFP.
0: You know, I want to add something to that. Uh, yesterday, when we were practicing, they were doing that county fair style circuit drill. You heard Kirby Smart on the microphone uh, yell, uh, and he was talking to he was talking to Pop, and he said, uh, uh, "You can't be a leader and be in the back of the line. You can't be in, and you've been you've been you've been late late uh, you've been late or lagging lately, uh, soft." I don't think that is an indication of the way he feels about Jamon. I think it is the way it is an indication as to what he thinks Jamon can be. And, uh, you know, Kirby is kind of he's kind of uh, gained a reputation. I want to say I was about to say notorious, but I got to stop using that word because it doesn't mean what everybody thinks it does. Uh, but right. he has become very well known for just really, really getting after the players that he likes. And I think a lot of the reasons he does that is because he knows those players can take it. And, right. uh, you know, guys who can take it like that. And that was part of the family ball thing that Jamon was talking about yesterday is, or a couple days ago was that, um, you know, that. Listen, you got to be able to, you got to be able to take coaching, and uh, you know that's part of being a family. Uh, even though Todd Munkin apparently not a big Todd fan Munkin, of, he said that they're going to fire me if he sucks. Ball. So don't talk to me about family.
1: <coughs>
2: well, and you. I was, I was going to add to that. You know, the, the he's Kirby's hard on guys that he knows need to step up. Um, You know, need to play well, you know, maybe not, maybe it's, it's not that they're not playing well. It's that they need to continue to play well. I mean, look at what, you know, uh, you mentioned it on the show. Um, You mentioned it on the show earlier, but uh, I think it was earlier this week, but um, Keely Ringo before the Tennessee game, you know, the, the, the video that came out that Kirby Mm -hmm. was hard on him too. Um, you know, and so being hard on pop, not, 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 you know, anything, don't read too much into it. Go ahead and swing
1: that ax, Palmer. I am going to... Don't break any lamps in that uh, Mm. Weston hotel room that you're in right now.
0: Or I'll tell you what, dude, if you've got it, if you've got it, just crank up the chainsaw. (laughs) Just really get after it here.
2: Mm. (laughs) Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna chop. wood about Malachi Starks? Um, you know, somebody that we've heard a lot about uh, this year. Obviously, stepping into a um, you know big starting spot for Georgia. Georgia needed that somebody to step in. I mean, a first losing a first rounder there. Um, Malachi has certainly played uh, you know like a, a star freshman and and maybe a potential first rounder down the road. Um, you know, obviously there's a long way to go and, and he's got a lot left to accomplish at Georgia, but just talking to him, you know, spend some time, talk to him. Um, first guy that I talked to, he is, um, you know, making, making his dream come true. Um, you know, to go check out that story. Um, but he, he talked about, you know, Hey, before, during the fall camp, during, before Oregon, Um, You know, he actually did dream about it. It wasn't just a, you know, cliche, hey, uh, something that I've dreamed about forever, uh, yada, yada, yada. This was an actual, you know, deep sleep dream um, that he had where he said he saw himself going out making plays, saw himself running around, having fun with his teammates, communicating, um, you know, stuff like that. And, And so, you know, first of all, football is always on his mind. Uh, no doubt about that. He's he's got that in him. Um, but second of all, he's he's one hell of a player. Um, has shown that time and time again. Um, you know, obviously didn't have his best game against LSU, but he's a freshman, guys, and he's gonna have freshman moments. And um, you know, he he has a lot of moments where he doesn't look like a freshman, uh, and and he's gonna have a couple where he does. Uh, but I think what's important is that uh, most of those have been. Most of those have happened in practice. Um, you know, he's had to learn the hard way. I remember um, writing about it this this spring and, and this fall. Uh, you know, it felt like Kirby and, and Muschamp were hard on Malachi, but it was it was uh, you know it was some tough love um, because they knew what they needed in him, they knew what they had in him, and they knew what they needed from him. Uh, and he's certainly been. Um, you know, an outstanding player for them this year, and they're going to need outstanding play from him in this game.
0: If I had to pick one guy to kind of you know do what West did, I would I would pick Malachi Starks because I listen, I I I I think really highly of the kid. Uh, I think he played awful in the SEC championship game um, in a lot of different ways. He didn't tackle well, didn't cover well. And I don't think he's a freshman anymore. And I don't think Kirby would say he's a freshman anymore either. He is a uh, – it was the 13th game of his career, and he just didn't play well. And then most of it came in the second half. Almost all of it came in the second half. And I think uh, it was – I think he, it, he showed up more than anybody else because he was the freshman who lost focus, and they really get after that guy. Whereas, you know, I think Chris Smith was probably the only DB that re- – maybe him and a little bit Kamari Laster who kind of got it going in the second half because the others struggled there. But um, so I, I think that that is the number one. If I had to pick one guy and say, hey, Georgia really needs this guy to be great against Ohio State and it will win, I think Malachi Starks. Hmm. Um, is a lot to ask. Yeah, it's probably that guy. And, you know, I don't think he's got to go out there and change the game. I just think he has to go out there and play good football. Um, it, the thing about playing that position, man, is you can be great and not register anything. Um, it's not like Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter can go out there and be great, and Jalen Carter is going to do some things. You know, there's going to be some TFL, gonna there's going to be a people. sack. Um, yeah, there's going to be a collarbone on the turf or something like that. But, you know, so that's that, that's the difference in those positions. Um, I'm going to chop wood on special teams. And Palmer knows how much I love special
2: teams. Love them, Jake. I love them. I love, teams.
0: I love I love. interviewing kickers and punters. By the way, did we get to Brett Thorson today? I didn't see him. Yeah, He was there. We lost it. We, we failed. Uh, Brett Thorson. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it, it has nothing to do with the punt. It has nothing to do with kickoff return, punt return. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, University of Georgia block kicks. I've been thinking about it a lot this week. I've been looking back at kind of this year, just big games in general. Um, you know, you look back, Georgia blocked to kick against Alabama, Georgia blocked to kick in the SEC championship game, Georgia blocked to kick in the 17 SEC championship game. 12. Um, 12 SEC championship game. Uh, I think that's something that you kind of got to keep an eye on uh, in a game like this and, and one that I don't know who necessarily decides the game but kind of turns the game um, you you talk about that 12 inter- 12 um, game Georgia shouldn't have been in that game the way they were getting the ball run on them mm-hmm. um, but they they block a field goal it turns into a touchdown for Georgia and it's you know it's mayhem and Georgia's in it for four quarters Um Watch out for that, because I think that's a big part of it. You know, we've been talking to some Ohio State folks this week, and uh, one of the things that came out uh, from, um, you know, talking to some guys over at our Letterman Row site was that, you know, Ohio State likes to come after punts. Um, who makes the big special teams play in this game? And, and, you know, specifically looking at Georgia, if it can get Ohio State to line up and kick it. Because, listen, that's the thing, too. Um, these two teams are very similar in terms of they'll get in the red zone 10 straight times they score 10 straight touchdowns, and then they'll have five in a row where they kick three. Uh, that's just kind of how they work. They're kind of hot and cold like that. So I think that the team that can keep you from getting on the board at all when you get in the red zone is is the team that's very, very
1: uh, in very, very good shape to win this game. Yep. Uh, they've turned a lot of Georgia's significant wins and championships for sure. Yep, guys, we're gonna uh, put a pin in this for now. We will be back at the bins the next time y'all hear from us. Actually, talking about a game. Yeah, um, that just happened. So there's
2: a game. Uh, there's a game that's going on. Yep,
1: Georgia and Ohio State are done talking. Did you watch the game. We're done talking. <laughs> we're gonna have to go watch the tape. We're done talking for a couple of days. Uh, appreciate y'all subscribing and listening and commenting. Can always count on y'all, loyal dogs in the comments. Until we meet again. Peace.